on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Twitter. <laughs> Twatter. <laughs> no, Twitter announces plans to roll out a much-anticipated feature. Oh, I get it. Microsoft Advertising announces a slew of updates, some more interesting than others. You may soon find yourself curious about where your ads data went in Google Analytics UA. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhel. AKA Shop. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on September 9th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another riveting and fabulous episode. Wow. Setting us up for failure. Greg, what's new with you? So I had a little mishap in an uh, at-home store, which is a garbage store, by the way. You should never go to one of those. It's like it's at like a home? home goods. I needed to get like a rug. Mm. And then by the rugs, there were these like mirrors. I'm like, all right, let me see if there's like one of those like big mirrors. I don't know, like a floor mirror or something you might yeah. call them. I'm looking at these floor mirrors. I like pull one out of the middle and I hear a noise and I look and they all start moving there. Like dominoes? The yeah, and these are like 150-pound mirrors. These are like big mirrors. Why are they stacked up like dominoes? Well, they're just like stacked, but there's no like leash on them or like rope or chain or anything. Oh, they're just there. no. But I'm in the middle, and I look, and it's like far down. And I swear to God, I'm looking at these mirrors, and I'm like, if one of these breaks, I get seven years bad luck. That's what went through that my head. That was your thought, not how That's expensive that was going to be. And, and I'm like, I don't can't break these mirrors. I don't know why. I don't even know like why I thought that. So I run over to try to save these mirrors. Should, worst idea. Should have let them crash. One like fell on me, like smashed my leg. I, th- I I thought I broke my toe. Like landed my my foot is like bruised <laughs> to the the core. Like all, I wish I had like footage of it. All these mirrors fell all over me. None of them broke. Oh! But then I get up and I'm like, I really thought like something was like broken bad. And I just I'm like, I just did like a lap. I did like a lap around an aisle. And did, it's like, did anyone come help you? Somebody did. I didn't put them back. Some 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 woman did. But, but they didn't like check on your foot. I feel like no. everyone's worried about lawsuits. You're worried about bad luck. Yeah, but uh, none of the mirrors broke. Oh, that's great news. Just my just my toe, I think. One so. day bad luck Sorry. worth seven years. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was what happened to me. Oh but I saved somehow all the mirrors. Nothing broke. Good job. Great. The AUG is back. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Through no fault of my own, I found myself at the Clarence Labor Day Fair, which I would like to call the Clarence Labor Day Unfair. <laughs> <laughs> it was a million degrees. And my daughter was sleeping in the car on the way there. And just imagine like sleeping in a nice air conditioned car and waking up in Clarence. I'm being really mean. I know. Most people don't even, it's a suburb it's a of Buffalo. Suburb, yeah. yeah. It's really fine. <laughs> my friend Haley's from there and she's a fabulous person. She grows her own mint for her mojitos. Anyway, we're like walking around. It, I've never been so hot in my life. And 
All of a sudden, my daughter starts freaking out, but she walked in fine. Like, again, she woke up from a nap. I'm like, this is really uncharacteristic. Like, maybe she doesn't like the crowds, but we're around a lot of people a lot. I'm very confused. So I'm like looking for a treat for her. We're in line to get lemonade, and she's just losing her mind crying. And eventually, we realized she was afraid of the like used car dealership wavy <laughs> man. Who's afraid of that? She was terrified wow. of him. So as soon as we walked away, she was fine. Aww. She's got trust issues with Clarence. <laughs> Poor Clarence. <laughs> What's up with you, Jess? I'm just feeling really blessed. Surrounded by a lot of love in my life. My son's been doing this thing where at 5 o'clock in the morning, he wakes up and comes into our room. He's allowed to come into our bed only once the sun is up. That's the rule. So he usually comes in around then and he'll fall back asleep. So the other day, I woke up and I like opened my eyes and everybody else was still asleep and he just kind of like woke himself up. He looks at me and he goes, mom, are you happy? <laughs> first words, first thing in the morning. I'm like, yes, buddy. Are you? I'm happy. You're happy. So that just like set my whole week off. This was like, it must have been what it must have been Tuesday. Um, so that was the first day of the week this week. And I was just off to a good start. And then today, Shep sends me. <laughs> A playlist on Spotify, the full Slipknot discography. I don't have to queue up multiple albums. And I told her how happy was I was. And her words were, I'm happy you're happy. And I'm just <laughs> really feeling it this week. I'm so grateful. I really regret sending it. <laughs> it sent me on a spiral. <clears throat> I also didn't know they came out with new music like last month. Shep had to tell me. Can I, can I rain on your parade here? Yeah. I'm a little disappointed in your son. Why? His mother is the pun master. He should have gotten... The get out of jail free card saying, I can be up anytime the sun is up. I'm the sun. Oh. I'm up. There we go. You know, it'll be like two weeks before he figures that out. <laughs> Kid's smart as a whip. Don't tell him. But I'm up when the sun is up too. Because you would have. Two, three, and four in the morning yesterday. Really? Yeah. But as like a, a pun connoisseur, you'd have to accept that answer, I feel like. I feel like I would have to, so please don't tell yeah, him. Okay. Yeah. Because he's up. So what time. were you doing at 3 a.m.? Well, I went to bed at 12.30, and then I get woken up by the toddler walking into my room because when he wakes up, he can't fall back asleep without someone in his room in the middle of the night. And he did it three hours in a row just as we were falling back to sleep. Oh, he wakes up. It was a whole thing. Well, I'm happy I could bring you some joy today. I'm happy. I'm happy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get started with the show, we wanted to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Selzy. Selzy is the easiest way to start selling emails, especially for small and medium-sized businesses. If you've never tried Selzy, some of our favorite features are the 24-7 support and how truly quick and easy it is to get started. They say it takes 15 minutes to set up your account and get started sending emails. Listen, I did it in like 13 and it's me. <laughs> yeah, no code. Yes. So you don't have to be a coder. You can be shop, no problem. <laughs> 15, might, 15 minutes might be a bit of a stretch there, but you can. it is truly so easy, they mean it. There is absolutely no coding, as Greg said. It is a truly intuitive email builder with emails for any business goal or vertical. So whether you're e-commerce or you're a nonprofit, it's super easy to get started with their templates. And we're excited to tell you more about why we love Selzy later in the show. But first, we want to let you know about this unbelievable promotion they have going on on AppSumo. QVC would never allow this. It's unbelievable. So for just $49, you can start sending emails right now with Selzy. And I heard that line on our call when we met the Selzy people, the fabulous people at Selzy. And I was like, oh, $49 a month? Like, what a good deal. They're like, no, no, no. $49 lifetime 
membership. And you get plan upgrades. Yes. You pay once. So that is a 97% discount off of their normal pricing. Yeah, it's it's like almost too good to be true. Like you buy a product that was mismatched and then they return it. <laughs> like you heard about those clogs le- before. Mm-hmm. No, this is actually real. $49. So again, we'll get more into the details about everything we love about this fabulous product later in the show. But if you want to learn more about Selzy, get started selling with emails right now. Visit the link in our description or selzy.marketingaclock.com to learn more. Thank you, Selzy. Okay, getting into the news this week. The Jane Manchin Wongs and Alessandro Paluzzi's of the world have been teasing this news for weeks now, but it is official. People, just after we recorded last week, Twitter confirmed that the edit feature is coming. What else are we going to talk about now that they have this? Well, we'll be talking about it for a while. Everybody complaining about it pretty soon. (laughs) So it's starting out with just internal testing. The plan is to make the edit tweet functionality available to Twitter Blue subscribers first later this month. So here in September, theoretically. Not all of them, though, at least not all at once. The rollout is going to start in New Zealand, then hit Australia, Canada, and the U.S. once they learn more about usage patterns. So it's coming, but it could be a while. We're still going to be talking about it, I think, um, for months. Um, As we've reported from what's been spotted in those initial tests, the feature will indeed only be available for 30 minutes after that initial post, and you will only be able to edit five times within that period. So Honestly, that should be plenty. I don't know how bad your spelling could possibly be. Oh, have you met me? (laughs) Five times bad? I don't know. It's whatever. For what it's worth, a Twitter representative did tell TechCrunch that they're currently observing user behavior and the number of edits available in the approved time frame could change. So they're clearly still tweaking the thing. That's great. There's no word yet as to whether this will ever go wider than Twitter Blue, though. It could be a nice like donkey carrot to get people to subscribe to Twitter Blue. Donkey carrot? Isn't that what they put a carrot on a stick and the donkey just keeps walking? I thought it was a horse. Oh, whatever. <laughs> a hoofed, what are hoofed creatures called? There's a name. Marsupials. The, the, no. <laughs> a marsupial carrot. So it could go that way. Or I feel like there's a lot of drama surrounding Twitter, so they could use it as a distraction and just give it to everybody. But it just seems like they're being very careful. Probably once it's out there, they'll only get five tries at it. So hopefully they make it good. I don't know. More to come, but officially coming. What else is happening, Greg? All right. Do you love data? Mm-hmm. Do you love universal analytics? Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you love ads? Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to hate this story. <laughs> <laughs> Google is limiting more universal analytics ad data due to differences in data models. Um, I'm going to read the excerpt from the update of Google. They're saying, today we're updating the Google Ads search queries report in Universal Analytics and the Google Ads query, first user Google Ads query, and session Google Ads query dimensions for your explorations in Google Analytics 4 to meet a higher privacy threshold. Okay, I'm going to take a time from there. If you recall, Google a long time ago, started the not provided dilemma with organic results and wouldn't bring any of those keywords into Google Analytics due to privacy reasons. However, for roughly 10 years, they still brought in Google Ads queries because apparently that wasn't a privacy issue. Then if you fast forward to two years ago at this point now, Google started removing a lot of the search queries that you would see in Google ads due to the fact that they are insignificant. That was later changed to say it was privacy issues. So now 
they're going to try to take what you can see in Google Ads and replicate that in analytics, GA4, and UA. Remember, one of the workarounds when they started removing those queries from Google Ads is you could still see a lot in Google Analytics, Universal Analytics, and then in Google Analytics 4, it was more aligned with Google Ads. So if you're looking for analytics moving forward, you're looking to use analytics and see search query data, you're going to want to use Google Analytics 4, and I'll get to the rest of it here. They say, these thresholds ensure user anonymity by only reporting on terms that have seen sufficient search volume across Google searches. The update in Google Analytics 4 ensures that metrics will now be more consistent with what you're seeing in Google Ads reports. But due to differences in data models with this update, search query terms reporting in Universal Analytics will be more limited than Google Ads reports. So if you are trying to get a view of that, do not use Universal Analytics anymore because there are going to be less search query terms there. And GA4 is going to be your go-to as it's going to be more consistent with Google Ads. So that's where we're at. I mean, you should be going there anyway mm -hmm. at this point and getting used to it. I find myself so, not, though. I find same. myself still going to UA. Same. I do too. But maybe this is the push we need. It's mm -hmm. like we need we need to come up with a like a week, almost like a week off where we can say, hey, everybody, hey, every marketer out there, let's set this week and let's just build all the reports we need for our clients. And then we could easily go to GA4 mm -hmm. and it would be easy to find that stuff. It's just you have to build the report once and I'm, I've am i got it in UA so I don't do it. Right. You have a question you need to answer right now. You're not trying to build a report. UA. Right. But if you had a report, I think Google Analytics 4 would be a very suitable option. Yeah. Speaking of answers that we all need, ungulates. That's what hoofed creatures are called. Ungulates. That's a terrible word. Did somebody bleep the tables? Are you bleeping <laughs> that word? Just as a family show. <laughs> Can you use it in a sentence? The ungulates have carrots, <laughs> making them subscribe to Twitter Blue. <laughs> okay, next up in the news here, it is a new month, and we have a lot of things to share from Microsoft Advertising's monthly blog post. So they start with, since our last update in August, we've launched 34 new markets. <laughs> How are there any markets left? Every time they're like 20 more markets, 34. How many markets are there? They're going global, baby. <laughs> they are, but like, I, I don't understand what's left. If you're in one of those markets that's untapped, please let me know. Okay, so the first big announcement here, actually, this isn't an announcement. They say key programming note. You now have five additional months to migrate RSAs, migrate to RSAs as the deadline has been extended to February 1st, 2023. We reported on that last week, but they pushed out that deadline, even though you probably already made the change because you thought it was like the next day, but you have more time. Um, next, you probably already know that you can import campaigns from Google and you might know that you can import them from Facebook. I don't know who's doing that. And now you can import campaigns from Pinterest ads to, quote, get up and running on the Microsoft audience network. So the advanced import option allows you to customize your campaigns for Microsoft advertising and make changes to bids, budgets, and other settings. So I would opt to that over the simple import option. And then they say audiences will not be imported. So make sure to use our audience network planner to identify the right audiences to target before you launch. 
I really can't picture how this would look. Same with the Facebook import. And I don't have any clients who it would really make sense for. So if anyone wants to try this and go crazy, please let me know because it's just fascinating to me. I feel like if anything, though, it, at minimum, it would get your image assets over so you wouldn't have to re-import that. I mean, you'd probably be starting from scratch yeah. with your ads. It's like a different ad for like... Yeah, I don't really know. It just seems weird to me. Um, they are also beta testing a feature that lets you import Google Ads Performance Max campaigns as smart shopping and local inventory ads in Microsoft. So the headline for this section was Performance Max Beta. Google, and then like from reading that, I thought that it meant that they were launching Performance <laughs> Max. But they're not. They're importing as smart shopping and local inventory ads, at least for now. But that I mean, did scare me. At some point. Yeah. Right. Um, they also have added support for managing multimedia ads for search campaigns in the Microsoft Advertising Editor, and it's generally available in all markets right now. And then they say support for the Microsoft Audience Network is still on pilot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then they launched cruise ads and tours and activity ads. They say these are generally available. Those cruise ads just had me itching for Disney Cruise. I want to go so bad. Have you ever been on any cruise? I went on a Disney cruise with my aunt mm. um, when I was like 13, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I feel like a cruise is like a prime playground for a 13-year-old. You get a little bit of independence, can't go anywhere, can't mm -hmm. really get into trouble. It was fun. Who wants details on the upcoming Netflix ad platform? This is a tweet from Gil David at Gil underscore run DMG on Twitter. He says, some updates from at digi underscore chad42069 on the upcoming <laughs> Netflix ad platform. <laughs> Couldn't get past that at first. <laughs> he goes on to say, at a million dollar minimum spend with minimal tracking and targeting, it's a no for me, dog. Digi, <laughs> digi underscore chad42069. Digi underscore chad42068 was taken. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> so I'm not going to read this entire thing to you. It's basically DigiChad's summary of everything that he got from Netflix. So take it with a grain of salt. But basically, the benefits are you'd be the first in the market, take advantage of early learnings, have association with large brands. Netflix content is a less cluttered ad environment. That makes sense. I don't have any ads right now. Um, but CPM, it says $65 and the estimated commitment Ooh. minimum is a million bucks. I, there's details on what kind of ad breaks you could be eligible for. The targeting capabilities include genre, country, top 10 shows. Kids content will not feature any advertising. That's an interesting one. Probably makes sense. Country? You would just target the entire U.S. American girls and American guys. Oh, I thought you meant You like were thinking like country music, music interests. I know. Okay. I know. I went what? there first okay. also. And that's just because that's who we are. Does um, Junior Banking Championship count as kids? It's meant for adults. The kids are just the talent, right? I don't know. Is it a kid's show? Sound off in the comments. Yeah. Let us know. Anyway, I don't know how I feel about this, but Dwayne Brown does. He says, feels like when he says Ben's, I think he meant brands, used to buy takeover spots on YouTube, all about big product and media launches, which makes sense. This is a badly tracked digital billboard. I agree. Gil chimes in and says, which would be a shame because it feels like it could be a lot more. I agree. Hulu, if you're listening, this is your time to shine. I RSVP'd for your beta six months ago. I haven't heard back from you. Beat Netflix to the punch. Do a better job. Just saying. 
They're going to make so much money. Somebody is. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's Take of the Week. I'm just going to steal this. You probably don't have any this week. Uh, Tales from PPC Reddit is where I, I have got some. this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and over on Reddit, there was a lively discussion from you, Cozy Boy, B-O-I, and they posted, Google actively working against specialists slash experts, or doives, says, of course they are. The money goes to us is money Google doesn't get. They'd prefer if advertisers didn't hire agencies and instead spent their entire budget on ads. As an agency, Google is not your friend. But also, as a marketer, your career shouldn't be dependent on one company. It goes on to talk about the fact that saying, don't put your entire career in Google's hands. There's so much more to marketing than just Google and Facebook ads. Blah, blah, blah. That's great. So that's a take. But then it turned into a question about agencies too. So there's a lot of takes here. So if you want, go subscribe to us at marketingoclock.com forward slash newsletter, or you can see it in our Discord community. It's free. A lot of talk in there. It's community.marketingoclock.com. And somebody said, all names are taken 45. I guess 44 <laughs> was taken. And they say, oh my God. <laughs> I always, always try to bring marketing in house wherever I come to a new company. Agencies are a money suck and nearly zero of them are worth it. They sign your new account and promise you the awesomeness of their coolness. <laughs> and then they go hire a 22 year old with zero experience to run your account. I'd rather hire that 22 year old myself and have them working 100% for our brand rather than a few minutes a day. They might check on my account among all the others they manage. This is just a good conversation, sad conversation that there's a lot of bad agencies out there. And there's a lot of people that are corroborating the story. And then a lot of people that are saying, you may be hiring the wrong agencies, bro. I would just say like, you can buy a car and it can suck. And it doesn't mean that like all cars suck or you can go to a doctor and the doctor can suck. And you can go to a lot of different things and a lot of them are shysty, doing bad work, but not everybody. So you could go to a bad at home too, though. You could go to a bad yeah, at home. Maybe that's what happened. You stack things up, and you can end up with a very, very bruised foot <laughs> that could be broken. So choose accordingly. But not everybody is bad, and not everybody's good. Mm. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI people, this is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I people a tip from our discord community community.marketingoclock.com if you want to join us by way of power listener Adam DeFrisco this one just makes me feel so bad for the Jess Khalees of the world <laughs> it says probably been covered before but it just took me way too long to figure out how to edit your primary category on the new Google business profile you have to go through the Google search interface you can't edit through the business.google.com anymore. Also, it's under business information and not services, which is also not intuitive. And then he has some screenshots because it's really necessary because the world makes no sense anymore. You have to Google your business to access your Google My Business. You're pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but that business information tab doesn't have all the things you would think it should either, like ours. I believe that's under info unless they change Just go that. to Maps. 
do it from there. No. And Google keeps popping up a thing to try and get me out of this business.google.com or whatever. When I finally find my way there, they're like, you want to manage and search? It's much easier. I'm like, no. I feel like they're collecting feedback, whether they'll use it or not. They are not collecting feedback. There's no chance. They're just trying to make me mad. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. Thanks again to Selzy for sponsoring today's show. Selzy is the easiest way for small and medium-sized businesses to start selling with emails. So we were telling you about that lifetime membership before $49, you've got it for life. You will not believe what you get with that lifetime membership. Unlimited email sends for up to 5,000 contacts, 24 seven support, which we're gonna expand on in a bit. The support is unmatched. Ooh, is it 25.8? No code email builder with Greg's favorite part, free templates, 800,000 plus stickers and GIFs. And GIFs and GIFs stock and photos. <laughs> it's incredible. Yes, customizable countdown timers, direct integration with Facebook lead ads for all you advertisers out there. 70 plus segmentation criteria are available. Um, a responsive sign-up form to grow your audience. There's also automation and A-B testing offered with this. And it's, again, $49 once. So this all comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So it is truly risk-free to give this a try. $49, people. Sign up right now. Selzy.marketingoclock.com or click the link in our description. You can't afford not to do it. First up in the paid universe this week, Nicole Farley has an article for Search Engine Land saying that Google's top content bids are going away this October. And Lawrence Chassie has a tweet in here on his commentary. He thinks this is a sign that all bid adjustments are going away <laughs> in the next year or two, which I really hope you're wrong, Lawrence, but I wouldn't be surprised. Next up from Mike Ryan at Mike Ryan Retail on Twitter, he says, this is a Pmax versus smart shopping adoption chart, basically. <laughs> this is what he's seeing. Um, at his company. So Pmax is 63%. And he says standard shopping and other campaigns are excluded from this view, only trying to understand Pmax versus smart shopping. And he says, I know August isn't over yet, but I had a minute and was dying of curiosity. So it's a chart. It has, you know, Greg, you love charts. Um, I love charts. I love Mike Ryan too. <laughs> it has performance max in red, and then it has smart shopping. And you can see the smart shopping is just declining. And performance max is growing. And then I liked it too. He followed up to his tweet and flipped the colors and you can see performance max growing. That Mike Ryan, he's got all, he's got anything to do with shopping. He's, he's the man. And from Kasim Oslam at Kasim Oslam on Twitter, at Jenny Marvin, does Google acknowledge the span problem with performance max? If we run lead gen campaigns using Pmax, we get barraged. Do I know that word? Barrage. Barrage. I'm not fancy like Kasim. With spam leads that act and look real. I'm talking hundreds of spam leads in some cases. I can share the case studies if that's helpful. Reps have no input. I have seen this too with Pmax and um, lead gen. It's really, really hard. I have found some luck if you're optimizing for like a more qualified conversion, like a sales qualified lead. Sometimes you can have some luck, but it's just a big risk. Um, Mitch at Paper Mitch replied. And Ginny responded to this, the ads liaison from her at ads liaison account and said, 
thanks for the feedback. We're working to address concerns about invalid leads. We've implemented several new measures and are actively increasing investment in other preventative measures. So it seems like it's a known problem. So everybody out there trying to drive leads on Pmax and you gave it one shot, maybe try it again. It's pretty disconcerting that it is that big of an issue. Jenny goes on to say, in addition to reduce leads from users who may have valid interest but don't provide more account information, they suggest additional measures, which are on your side, like double opting in, using reCAPTCHA. It is nothing about the spam side of it. She's just saying like you can make sure that there's more friction when that lead comes through. So just because you tried it once doesn't mean you shouldn't always retest down the road. And we have a tip from PPC Greg at PPC Greg on Twitter. He says, first time seeing Google auto including, they are using like that little stars emoji. Sparkle. It's like my Is favorite. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, for performance insight, annotations on account performance <sighs> drop down. So he didn't ask for any of these amazing insights and they're just auto included in his charts. Mike Ryan had a really <laughs> funny response where he was like, are the ins- insights insightful? Just curious. <laughs> PBC Greg said, not really. <laughs> and from Mar- Maurice Rami at Mar- M Rami on Twitter, he says, if you are one of the 600,000 plus active Shopify merchants that use this Facebook solution, you're unknowingly hurting your ad performance, especially in a post iOS 14 world. So Maurice is basically just coming for the Shopify integration with meta ads he says we've seen some brands wasting twice twice as much money to acquire a new customer as they should have been and then this links to a blog post which if you're using this you should definitely read um on disruptive digital.agency but it says at a high level the shopify native integration doesn't provide as much of the data as it actually has available for facebook to use in their ad optimizations because facebook recommends at least 50 conversions per ad set per week, every unused data point can impact your ability to drive success efficiently on the platform, especially in a post iOS 14 world. So that just sounds terrible. Read this if you're using that and you probably shouldn't be. Okay. Tales from PPC Reddit. Greg hinted at this, but I feel like we should just be calling it spooky stories this week. It is spooky season, yeah. right? And this one September. is just terrible. Um, it says Google changed <laughs> all phrase and exact match to broad match. <gasps> What? Hi, yesterday Google changed all of my phrase and exact match keywords to broad match across all of my accounts around 45. There's no info on the change history. Did this happen to anyone else? I've emailed Google because the chat was busy. Surprise, surprise. Any advice appreciated. People were speculating if it could be an auto apply recommendation, but um, user stress kills. I should have started with that. (laughs) User stress kills. Yeah, I can relate. (laughs) <laughs> if all of your phrase and exact was turned to broad match you're lucky to be alive how can that be i don't know but he said that or he or she said that it was not auto apply recommendations and that would have been in the change history anyway so it's just a very bizarre mm-hmm. okay another spooky story this one is called google enhanced cpc is pure fraud. This is from user Deltron underscore zero on Reddit. So it says Google should have never limited the bid adjustment on enhanced CPC to more than 30%. Doing so exposed just how pathetic their AI is at determining the optimal CPC in a given scenario. We are running a shopping campaign and are testing between enhanced and manual enhanced now costs on average 
50% more with a mere 5% increase in conversions. Google is supposed to be optimizing in both directions, but we have not seen that at all. I don't, I always go for enhanced CPC when I launch a campaign. So I always, was kind of surprised yeah. by this, but a lot of people are just using pure manual still. And this person said at the end, they said, which I think is important, we have hundreds of conversions per day. So there should be plenty of data to work from. So this isn't like a, a really small thing. That's a good point. That's a lot of conversions to test against. Yeah. So I guess a lot of people are still going the manual route and maybe we should give it a test too. And from Metaphor Business by way of PPC, Greg, apparently as part of a settlement agreement with the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, you do not want to be in trouble with those guys. Special ad audiences. So this was a tool, I guess, that lets you expand your audience for AdSense relating to housing, employment, and credit. They will no longer be available by the end of 2022. So you're adding smart to things. You're adding advantaged things to try to trick advertisers into using it and thinking it's a good idea. And I guess you're using special to try to trick the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban (laughs) Development. But not today, Meta. (laughs) Christina in our Discord community shared some Amazon advertising news this week. Creative editing is now available for sponsored brands, video ad creative. Speaking of selling with video, I found I've fallen into this new little corner of TikTok and it's these girls who just sell wigs live and they have all <laughs> the wigs behind them on the wall. And then the viewers in the comments can be like, try on number 17. Ew. And then they'll try it on and you no. can order it. This is a fetish thing. This is OnlyFans. Yeah. There's no. I don't think you're ordering the wig they're wearing. You don't even have to order it. You just ask them to put it on. Next thing you know, they'll be like, show me your feet. Now one foot at a time. They're just social selling. It's like QVC. They're trying on different wigs. Mm. I'm uncomfortable. This is live? Yeah, they almost had me buying like a gray one last night. It was really chic. How long? How long? It was really long. Okay. The wig was long? Mm -hmm. See, I pictured like a pixie cut. Those are available too, Jess. Just tune in. No, thank you. Just ask them to put it on. How old are these girls? Let's. They're young girls. They're just trying to eat and make some money. So is Jenna (laughs) Jameson. I really didn't think anything nefarious was going on. I hope not. They're selling wigs. Role-playing? <laughs> Have you ever seen QVC? Have you ever seen anything else on the internet? It's all porn, Chef. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody's into something. Greg, what's happening in organic? Well, we've got a lot of chart porn over on the <laughs> helpful content update, so we're going to do a little check-in here. And first up, Glenn Gabe says, we're now 12 days into the rollout of the helpful content update, and it's still pretty quiet. Yes, some sites are dropping, but they are not in the gray area, in my opinion. The one I've seen drop are bad from a content standpoint. We talked about this last week. The example was really egregious. Glenn goes on to say, so overall, it looks like the update is really targeting the worst offenders. I wish I would have heard that from the beginning when speaking with Google. Like many others, I thought we were looking at the medieval panda-like impact. It's not, at least with the initial rollout. And as a clip of... Jimmy Fallon saying it's not even that bad. To which Danny Sullivan then hopped in on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter account and says, 
I spoke with you and some others. Pretty sure I never said we'd somehow be going medieval. Definitely said we thought this would be notable, and it is. It is for sites that have unhelpful content. If you have helpful content, shouldn't be an issue. Goes on to say, Danny's answering somebody else and says, his impression, he's talking about Glenn Gabe, from my read is that we'd see some giant, huge panda-like shakeup. I did a number of these interviews and never characterized that the update would be like that. Typically, I think we said, typically, I think I said, this is his words. It's impossible to read. I'm going to try it again. This is like breaking my brain to read this typo. Typically, I think I said, we thought it would be noticeable and guidance should be considered. So then Glenn goes back and says, honestly, you could have called this a spam update and left it at that, like the ones you rolled out in 2021. The impact seems pretty similar, maybe a little bit more. And if you increase the power, cool, but that will be super confusing for site owners. I'm sure I'll hear it. And then they go back on and forth. But apparently Danny was giving interviews ahead of time to, to folks talking about this. At least when that happens, you would you would imagine it would be a bigger update than what we're seeing here. So um, Lily Ray at Lily Ray NYC found a couple uh, lyric sites that you can see if you follow her Twitter there, and then found a couple other examples of folks that were being hit by it. And so the content again is very egregious. Here is a reading, a live reading of somebody that got hit by the update. Games with pixel graphics have created a real cult following. It consists of players who prefer the old school picture known today as pixel art. There is no such thing as an image renderer in this visual style. Pixel games are mostly two-dimensional, and downloading them via torrent for free is not difficult, neither on a powerful computer nor on an older laptop, because they do not require iron. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this person has a computer you feed it iron to, but, but not pixel graphics. <laughs> All right, next up from Barry Schwartz, and that's a helpful content update. There's still no charts to report on. It doesn't seem like there's going to be any. So Barry Schwartz has an article, and he says, Google's Danny Sullivan said, Google may remove the word count reference from the search console, Google News content errors, because word count is not a thing. If you are familiar with that, they say your article should have more than 80 words. They're going to remove that. They never talk about numbers. Uh, next up from Mark Williams Cook, he said, I'm back. I thought I would post an SEO update on Google's helpful content update has affected a site I posted about a few weeks ago that had 10,000 pages of scraped content. So far, the update has been super helpful and the site is still ranking and growing traffic that he put absolutely no effort into. Sad times. And he's got a chart showing that this update is not looking at anything scraped. Nothing's happening. He's actually getting more traffic. From my favorite person in the world, Neil Mohan, at Neil Mohan on Twitter, famously known from the video where he talks about YouTube getting into NFTs with his face one inch from the camera. He says, great new feature for at YouTube creators that lets you convert your clips into hashtag YouTube shorts on your mobile devices, especially useful for YouTube gaming. More here. So if you have a clip, you can then take a section of a clip and you can shoot it into a short. So it's mainly for gaming and live folks as well. Where do you put the iron? Um, right in the, the USB port. <laughs> so I was thinking, like, I want to do, you know, like ESPN 30 for 30s, where they yeah. go deep dive. Mm-hmm. I want to do a 30 for 30 on Neil Mohan's 60 second NFT YouTube announcement video. Do you think there's that much I, to talk about? Tables and I, I think, could do it. We'll have interviews and stuff. What if I told you that no one? cannot run the truth. You should turn it into an NFT. Oh! 
Oh my gosh. This is galaxy brain thinking by Chef. <laughs> wow. But I want to do a 30 for 30 on this video. I was we joking break when it I said I knew what that meant. By second. What does that mean for folks like me? So I want to like take a look and we can like take a look at the angles of the chair. We'll get some scientists and try to figure out how close the phone was to his face. We'll see about how many words per minute he's talking about and how much over average. I think we can make a really compelling like mini documentary. We need it. some people that were behind the camera. Oh, it's There's only Neil. one. <laughs> it's only I'll try. Neil. I'll DM him. I'll pay for the LinkedIn thing to go bug him and see if I can get him on the blower. There's no chance he would, though. He's too busy messing up YouTube. <laughs> it's not coming now. Oh, I mean, sorry, Neil. So next up from Twitter, Maeve Alsop. I saw it there. It's from Marketing Brew, so take with it what you will. They say it's somebody named Maeve Alsop, and apparently... The California CCPA, which we talked about a lot with, with Shep, your favorite thing, there is a settlement with Sephora in California. And the use of analytics audiences is against the CCPA, and Sephora had to pay, well, didn't have to pay, they settled for $1.2 million, according to Marketing Brew. So the thing that's really interesting on here, and, and this is some good writing, they say, no amount of caked on foundation expensive eyeliner could hide Sephora from California's attorney general. Last week, the company agreed to pay $1.2 million fine for allegedly violating the CCPA. It's the first enforcement and fine resulting from the law and its implications could be important for the internet. And you're thinking, this doesn't seem real. It's probably overblown. It's not because of this. This is like the, the, the reason it's, it's could be like catastrophic. Okay, so they say California accused Sephora that, of making the customer data available to third parties, which it did by sharing the data with commonly used web analytics companies that run on its website and failing to disclose the sale of personal info or provide an opt-out link on some browsers. Now, the thing is, you don't usually think of that as a sale of information, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just using that, you're putting it in a GA, you're making an audience, and then you're going to use it in ads. So they go on to say, wait, what? According to the settlement, under the CCPA, a sale is the exchange of personal information for anything of value. So even though there was no monetary dollars exchanged, the value was that you could make an audience and target it for advertising. So it was something of value. So it was a sale of information to, um, again, to a, to a third party. Which is why Julie Bacini is 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 the one always going full bore on this. But like, you need authorization. Don't put clients like just don't use customer match lists for your clients anywhere. There's if anything's a sale, if there's value on it, like that really could break a lot of advertising. Wow, that's terrifying. That is. Okay, and keep going here from Charles Farina. Google has added a recommendations panel, GA4, that can show at the top of standard reports. And he's got an example of a recommendation that you can see up on screen. It's basically to create a predictive audience. Another interesting fact from Brian Hurst 01, he says that from inbound 2022, the HubSpot podcast network has generated 9 million downloads per month with everything happening and many sources echoing this related to channel voice. Audio seems to be the sweet spot moving forward. That's a lot. And because I just under us, <laughs> 9 million a month. 
I know. It's also like, who's downloading podcasts anymore and why do we still use that number? Do I they mean streams? Streams, listens. Yeah. A lot of times you download it on your phone so you don't have to Who's downloading it? Who is that much memory? I do sometimes with the delete when they're gone. Just like you're driving, you don't have service. Yeah. I don't know. Nice. You're right though, just under us. Yeah, just under us. That was us. the point. And then I went to look at the like what's on the HubSpot network. I think it's Amy Porterfield's probably got the biggest one. A lot of other ones aren't like that great. Just call on us. Give us give us a ring, HubSpot. <laughs> okay, and then lastly from Google here, we talked about it last week where the I think it was like the head of the Google Cloud had said that there might be blood on the streets. So this time, the Google CEO is saying that he hopes to make the company 20% more efficient and is hinting at potential cuts. So uh, Sundar Pichai is looking to try to conjoin things. The example he gave was when he took play music and YouTube music and took those two things and made it into one unusable thing. Like if he could take more resources and turn them into one, that that's what he's trying to do which is still ridiculous. YouTube music. What are you doing, Google? You have YouTube TV, which nobody wants. You have YouTube. You have YouTube premium. You have YouTube music. Which is the one where you can turn your phone screen off and it still plays? None of them! Premium. Premium. (laughs) Premium. That one seems okay. I haven't asked Neil that question. All right. Well, that's <laughs> it for up Neil close and personal an with Neil. Yeah. We don't do a lot of interviews, but I'd interview him. Yes. Under one condition. The microphone needs to be under three inches from his face. And that's it in organic justice. What's happening in social? Oh, okay. First up, so we ended last week's social lightning with the news of those impending layoffs over at Snap. We're going to kick it off this week with an update on that as per... Evan Spiegel, Snap CEO, we are restructuring our business to increase focus on our three strategic priorities, community growth, revenue growth, and augmented reality. Projects that don't directly contribute to these areas will be discontinued or receive substantially reduced investment. End quote. One of those that will be substantially reduced or discontinued is the Web3 division. According to the block, it is being completely sunset. So I'm sorry to all those folks that are losing their jobs. Another loss to report, Instagram is apparently scaling back on in-stream shopping, which is just in time for the holidays or your wig fetish, if that's what you're into. It's not a fetish. Not for you. It's a wig appreciation. Okay. According to the information, Instagram is planning to drastically scale back its shopping features, the company told Instagram staffers on Tuesday, as it shifts the focus of its e-commerce efforts to those that directly drive advertising. The retreat shows how Meta Platforms are moving away from some long-term long-term projects as it focuses on building its short-form video business. Everything just makes complete sense these days. <laughs> I get rid of it. <laughs> All I, right. I love it. Do you? No. I mean, I'm not trying to shop live shop on Instagram, but like, it just seems like a thing that could make it a thing. Invest in it, push it. And then, if you look at something like like Reddit, for example, everybody last year was going towards the live audio spaces, which was asinine. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Um, Everybody's going towards that, trying to be the champ. And then, I think probably the two winners weren't Clubhouse, it's probably Twitter, but Reddit has these like these chats too that are programmed, like Ask Me Anything's, and they're all like in these specific subreddits. And it's like 
they actually didn't just pivot away from it. They figured out a way to make it work. And now everything is going to be short. And it's like, this is the time, Meta, where you can do long stuff. Right. Guess what? In the Metaverse, people are still going to want to watch movies and do stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. None of it makes sense. I feel like people just aren't seeing that instant success. Like they talk a lot about how the in-stream shopping is really big in the Chinese market and it's just not big in Europe and North America. But we haven't really given it a lot of time. I don't I don't know. I just feel like it's not working instantly, so they're just going to pivot to TikTok. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. And, and then YouTube is doing everything they can, everything they can to turn that product into mush. 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 You, you can't even use it on your TV. It's on you. You can't. You can't play something you're playing before. It is the un. They have. They could take over all entertainment. Oh, they could. They could take over every bit of. Instead, they're trying to to sell TV subscriptions. It's ridiculous. It recommends all the same videos to me that I've already seen. Like work on your algorithm. You literally have the best thing out there, and you don't give a shit about it. You're worried about shorts. No one's worried about shorts. It's fall. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Back to Meta. Apparently, a new team over there has been set up to identify and build possible paid features for Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. That's according to an internal memo that was obtained by The Verge. So Meta's VP of Monetization, John Hedgeman, said that they do see opportunities to building new types of products, features, and experiences that people would be willing to pay for. But he also said that the company is still committed to growing its ad business and that it has no plans to let people pay to turn off ads in its apps. So that's good news for Team PPC. And good news for Team Anyone that likes to plan ahead. LinkedIn looks to be working on a native feature for scheduling posts right within the platform, because that's what native means. Spotted by app researcher Nima Auji, there is a little like clock or a schedule button right in the post composer. And Andrew Hutchinson reached out to LinkedIn for a comment on it. And they did say that they're working on bringing native post scheduling to members and pages. Stay tuned for future rollout plans. So that could be nice. A little nice to have. Back to the gram, Jackie Pitko at TS by Jackie on Twitter spotted something new in her account. She tweeted, new to my IG account are topics. Curious to see what value may be added from it. Up to three topics can be added, and I did use it with my food reels. So it looks like you can add topics to reels now, and maybe that'll help with discoverability. Last up here are reposts coming to Instagram. Who knows? Hot off the press. From Matt Navarra, I just love this tweet. Instagram repost tab on profiles? What's this, Adam? But he didn't tag Adam, so who knows? But he has a screenshot of Adam Masseri's Instagram, and one of the tabs there has that little, like, very obvious repost icon. So we were asking for this, like, six years ago. I don't know. What's the point? Nothing. There's no point to anything anymore, Shep. But if Twitter's going to get the edit button, we might as well get the repost we've been asking for for the same length of time. All right, now on to our segment segment here. We've got a new segment this week called Great Tweet. And this week's great tweet comes from the at Google Small Biz account. And Google Small Biz tweeted, business goal, work on SEO basics, check mark. Personal goal, work on basic cooking skills, chef. What? <laughs> Who runs this account? Good tweet. All right, next up is humans being bros here. And this comes from Rusty Brick. And if you don't know the work of Bill Swalowski, he had all the SEO patent information and had extensive blog posts and notes 
recently passed away, RIP, and the hosting company, SiteGround, decided to reactivate the site because it holds significant value. So it lapsed and SiteGround went ahead and brought it back and they made a statement saying that um, it, it's significant value. So it's nice to see some uh, humans being bros out there. Thank you, SiteGround. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. This is not new, but I have been liking the feature where you can be in a Google Doc or Sheet or whatever, and you can add your calendar on the right-hand side so you can look at it throughout the day without it in its own tab. New to me, kind of nice. For me, I'd say something working hard. If you haven't tried Discovery in a while, we've talked about it a little bit before, but if you do set up an account, set up a different ad group for um, each one of your targeting types is what I would say. So if you're going out there and you're saying, I want to target, let's say you're looking for, what is the name of the animal with four legs? Clavicles? Ungulates. Ungulates. <laughs> so, so, so let's say... <laughs> You're going towards uh, centaurs, and you've got uh, centaur sho uh, shoes or something. First of all, you said animals with four legs. Centaurs only have two. Third of all, ungulates are horses. No. You're thinking minotaurs. I'm thinking centaurs. It's half human, half beast, right? I'm talking about one with the horse bottom. <laughs> no. Yeah, they have four legs, Jess. You're thinking of a minotaur. Oh, I don't know. They have four legs. It's also four legs isn't the criteria for an ungulate. Either way, test your discovery ads. With one term in there, in each ad group. If you have too many terms in there, you're going to not be able to see what's actually working. So just use one little term in there um, and then go on to the next one and, and set up each ad group. Very, very, very specific, too specific, but at least you'll get information that way. All right, hardly working for me. This has just been the heck on Google Business show. So let's keep it rolling. We had a Google business profile associated with one of our Google ads accounts and some locations were being pulled in automatically because of this link. Others were not. Long story short, it's this whole saga. Once you set up that link, if you link it only to a specific group of locations, you can group locations in your Google business profile. You can't edit that. And only like owners of locations can change what belongs to a group. Regular admins cannot. It's like this whole stupid thing. You should be able to edit a link because I had to unlink the Google business profile from the Google ads account. And it deleted all the data because all the ad extensions went away because the link went away. So pro tip, if you have to do that, download your data first so that you have it. But just like, why can't I edit something and change the settings on what locations? Like? It, it's all stupid. Google cannot talk to Google and they need to figure it out. But word to the wise, if you're unlinking anything, just export your performance data first and have it. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool will help you update your reporting if you listen to this recording. Or if you follow Brody Clark at Brody SEO on Twitter, he shared this tool from Christina Lavassier, Lavasser at, and the Media Sesh team. Sorry. It's Lavasser, right? Didn't Lavasser? she call us out? She's a former guest on uh, Marketing Clock. So here. sorry, Christina Lavasser and the Media Sesh team. They put together a really cool website traffic report template for Google Data Studio, and it's based on GA4. 
So that's great in and of itself because I think a lot of us are still using UA dashboards. It's eight pages long. This baby focuses on organic traffic but also provides a source breakdown and a UA versus GA4 comparison summary, which may sound odd. Like, why do I need this? I share an office with Data by Sarah and she is manually comparing the same data in UA and GA4 all the time. So very handy. It's a great template for SEOs, data nerds, basically anyone who cares about how their site is doing. As always, we will have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord, so pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Ahrefs and Sam Underwood, who has an article titled 11 Ways to Improve E-Commerce Category Pages for SEO. And Sam goes through with amazing graphics. It is absolutely a masterclass on content, talking about category listing pages, even product listing pages. A lot of it isn't groundbreaking information, but it's one of those things that if you're selling items, it's just a great refresher. It is worth your time to double check this and see if you can learn anything from Sam and his 11 tips. So Thank you, Sam. On to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Greg, what will you be adding to the playlist? Can I go ahead and give a gold stamp guarantee here that all three of you are going to like this song? Ooh. But it's called Goodbye June is the name of the band, and it's three chords. And I think it's going to be a three-chair turn. Okay. Is that the voice reference? Yeah. Okay. If we don't like it, you have to sing song on the show you have to sing our intro but you can't yeah you have to sing the intro you can't lie i won't okay okay Okay. uh jess bud uh my new discovery via shep uh the new slipknot song yen (sighs) sorry world um that's a three chair turnaround as well i will be adding ain't no mountain high enough but it's the diana ross version where she's basically talking the whole time it's so good (laughs) If you are a small business owner, even just work for a small business, we know how busy you are. Greg's been there. <laughs> yes. I'm not really a small business owner anymore. Yeah, we're medium. <laughs> That's why Selzy makes it easy to send no code emails for anyone. But if you do need help, Selzy makes it easy to troubleshoot any issues and get answers that you need from their amazing support team, even if you're on their free plan. So we definitely encourage to get all the amazing features that come with that $49 lifetime membership. But this is offered even if you're on the free plan, which is crazy. They're such nice people. Thanks, Selzy. <laughs> so you can ask them anything, anywhere, anytime. You can get in touch with Selzy via email, phone, or their live chat feature. Live chat is my favorite. Their average response time is just five minutes, and it's a real person on the other line. Like you see their face. And you know that they're really there to help you send better emails. The Celsi team is also international and available 24-7. So if you're burning the midnight oil, you can still get the answers that you need right away. And you can get access to all of these incredible features, the support team, everything we've talked about with that lifetime membership of just $49. So click the link in our description or visit celsi.marketingoclock.com to claim that AppSumo deal for yourself. Thanks again to Celsi for sponsoring today's show. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com newsletter to receive every single article we covered. 
We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. This week, we will be having another draft. It is Smells of the Fall. <laughs> Everybody is requesting it after your performance in Summer Shop. Yes. Okay. Tables. I don't think you've ever gone first, so we're going to have you go first this week. What is your top pick, the number one overall draft for Smells of the Fall? Okay. So everybody knows the most popular smell of the fall is the scent of leaves, but a lot of people don't know what that smell is. And I looked it up and the decaying leaves breaking down their sugars and organic compounds actually is a musky sweet scent that is the smell of leaves. So I'm going to go with musky sweet. That's a musk have. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I thought that would go early. Luckily, I prepared. Sweet leaves. All right. <laughs> yep. Greg, you can be next. Okay, I mean, I'm going to take it. Pumpkin spice. Mm. Okay. I'm going to be basic. I'm going to take everybody's one one, and that's fine. You can have musky leaves. I've got the pumpkin spice. I don't think yeah. they would have picked it. I had it on Maybe my list. Me. Oh, really? Yeah. Not first though. There's way better smells. I am mm. trying to win a draft, Jessica. <laughs> I'm not. I'm trying to do it right. <laughs> My first pick in the draft will be a delicious autumnal <laughs> butternut squash soup. That's really good. I smelled that butter, the squash in your lunch today, and I'm like, ooh, I should put this on the list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jessica Lee. Okay. The number one smell of fall is that musty fog machine stale decor haunted house smell when you walk into like a fright world. America's When's Scream Park. When's the last time you went to America's <laughs> Scream Park? I uh, probably like four years ago, pre-pandemic, pre-baby. I don't think about that smell. I think about the like toxic plastic Halloween mask Maybe. when I think of a fright world. Yeah. Or you like walk into Spirit. It's the same smell. It's like the it's fog plastic. machine and the like burlap. Spirit smells more like uh, like. 90s successful store like the remnants of it you know what i mean it's like yes. well, yeah oh this is a circuit city oh you know? r.i.p in peace okay what's your next pick oh i get to go again um yeah it's a serpentine draft jess <laughs> i gotta go with leather I feel like leather and pleather comes out in fall. She's a fed, vegan vegetarian. Those are two different You've smells. You've never worn not. leather. Probably by accident, like shoes. But there's when that you, like leather jacket smell. It's the smell of fall. You pull it out of your closet. Leather. I, so you're about killing dead animals for the well, look in the smell. No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I believe we call that overkill. Yes. Okay, my next choice will be a delicious broccoli cheddar soup. The oh. winner of Cypress North's <laughs> soup bracket. Woo! Second best soup. Uh, first. I think she's like doing a soup draft. You're right. Okay, I'm just going to go with it. Hot mauled apple cider. Ooh. I got one, one, and one, two. That no, is a good one. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Still my pick, Craig. Um, Tables, you get two in a row. Okay. I'm going to go with the smell of pumpkin pie. Mm. And then I'm also going to go with bonfire. Fire. 
Ooh. That, Ooh. I think, I can't believe that didn't go in the first round. I had it because it smells different than a summer fire. It totally does. You know does. what I mean? It's it like totally damp does. wood. Because the leaves are in it. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the surrounding air is different. It's a little more moist. It really holds that smell. Mm. Trigger warning. Greg? Okay. I am going to go. Wait. Tables gets two. Oh. Get it too. Oh, bonfire yeah, was his. Okay. Yes. Right? You did bonfire, bonfire and then. And pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Yeah. Okay. So my number three. You only can get this in fall. Spring, you can't do it. Leaves are on the ground. You're usually like outside, temperature's right, playing ball. Football, baseball, basketball, whatever. But it's wet. Lucille ball? Lucille ball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the balls like get wet and your hands get wet ball hand. Uh, the only <laughs> way to get that is in fall. You know what I'm talking about. You're at a tailgate. The balls bounce all over the parking lot. It's wet. It has a unique smell that you can only get in fall. It is the scent of fall. It does. You're right. You should sell that to Yankee Candle. Wet ball hand. You wet should not hands. call it that. <laughs> well, maybe we can workshop a better idea. Sickening. <laughs> call it ground ball. Ground ball. Um. Okay. Okay. Wet That's ball. Way <laughs> disgusting. Wet ball hand. Chicken noodle soup. What are you doing? <laughs> I know what she's up to. Oh. Okay, well, I'm taking this game seriously. There's a very distinct, very special once a year smell when you turn on the heat in your house for the Ooh, first time. That's a good one. And I can't even describe it, but everyone knows it. And the thing you always do is you turn it on and then you're like, Shoot, something's on fire. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> right. what happened? What's going on? Nope, it's just my heat. It's yeah. like a really nice, cozy smell. Mm. Especially when your AC was on earlier in the day. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> it just feels nice. <laughs> I knew that would make Greg mad. <laughs> Did you pick two? Oh, I get another one. Yeah. Um, it's a serpentine. Yeah, I know. So this is your last I never pick. go last. Okay. This is really important to me. It is the smell... You got a brand new bag of candy corn and you crack that sucker open and just like hits you. It's such a nice smell, like taste forever, right? But just new bag of candy corn. Worst smell in the world. Are you joking? I I think it smells all right. The taste though. It's sick. Eat a crayon instead. Agreed. My daughter does frequently. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to throw a little curveball. I know what you're expecting, but I'm going to take for my final chili. pick. Chili. <laughs> chili. Oh, weird. Weird. <laughs> okay. Super One time worst. I went to a tailgate and I decided I was going to make a chili for the group to share and I forgot I had to get an Uber there. <laughs> I had to bring the crockpot in the Uber. Oh, my God. Can you imagine what his car smelled like? like? He was probably I hate these smells so, of fall. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sh- he's just schlepping shep around. Uh, okay. And my last one is that weird smell when you get your clothes that you haven't worn in a long time. A lot of times like a sweater or something, you get it out and you smell that smell that it's just been sitting around. You only get it like once a year. Moth like, balls? Yeah. No, no, it's like that sweater Sweater smell. smell. Yeah. yeah, you pull it out and you're like, "Oh, this." Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is the first time I've worn this one <laughs> sweater smell. And you're smelling it all day. Did you ever like cut yourself going? Yes, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, tables. All right, I'm going to go with the last one. Like 
a smoking grill smell, which is, I guess, like the smell of smoking meat. Like, not like the summer where it's like hamburgers and hot dogs, but more like chicken wings on the grill with like a chevetta sauce or some type of vinaigrette. How and would it, you explain chevettas for people who are not from Western it's New like York? kind of like a vinaigrette type, right? Yeah. yeah. A white vinegar yeah. situation. Hmm. Okay, any other honorable, honorable mentions? Um, white bean chicken chili. Okay, jeez, get out of here. Kettle corn. I thought the fire, like the house heating fires, they smell way different than a bonfire. You know uh, what I mean? It's like way more smoky, but you can smell like, oh. Like a wood-burning fireplace yeah, in your home. Yeah, inside. Yeah. That's one. I had pumpkin bread, but took that. Okay, everyone want to run through stops? your list? Corn stops. Like that hay smell when you go to a pumpkin farm? Yeah. That's good or when you're on the uh, haunted house getting pulled. A hay ride. Yeah, a hay ride. We should go on a team hate ride. Okay. <laughs> I'm busy. You can bring your soup. Just slosh around. Tables. Yeah, I'll meet, we'll meet you there. You bring an Uber and a turkey chili. <laughs> Tables, read us your list. I have musky sweet leaves, pumpkin pie, bonfire, and smoking grill. Hmm. Craig? Okay, I've got pumpkin spice, hot apple cider, wet ball hands, <laughs> And sweater smell out of storage. <laughs> this could be a worse smell list. <laughs> I <am> so <laughs> Anybody that plays sports in the fall knows what I'm talking about. I understand. I challenge you. But uh, <clears throat> ground ball. Okay. <laughs> there you go. My list is butternut squash soup, broccoli cheddar soup, chicken noodle soup, and turkey chili. <laughs> soup. Jess? Musty haunted house burlap fog machine smell, leather and pleather. The first time you turn on the heat in your home and a good old candy corn bag. Okay, so happy fall, everybody. <laughs> Vote for your favorite list, and we'll see you next week.